0: of our heart, that we would seek to rest in your presence, seeking your glory, seeking your joy, seeking your fame, Lord, that we would know you in intimate, deep ways, that there would be this sacred romance between us, and we would love you, rest in you, trust you, adore you, pursue you, submit to you, honor you. Adore You. Seek You like never before. Help us, O God. Because You are a great and holy God and worthy of all of our praise. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. Thanks for coming. Man, we got so much to talk about today, it's crazy. We are in a brand new series. Welcome Recovery House of Worship. How are you guys doing? I'm excited to be here. I am excited that you're here. Well, I, listen, we got a lot to talk about, so let me catch you up, okay? We're in a brand new series called Lent. Somebody say Lent. Lent. This is not your mother's Lent. This is uh, what the Bible speaks about in resting in Christ and looking towards Him. We just sung a song. Your presence is heaven To me, And what we're saying is that during the period of Lent, we're going to say no to perhaps the good so we could say yes to God. Does that make sense? Okay, so we're going to make room in our lives. Now, the number one thing in our lives that will prevent us from experiencing God the way we want to experience him is that our lives are just too packed out. They're too busy. They're too cluttered with things. So in this period of Lent, it's not about just giving up me. I know some of you grew up that way. And you grew up where it was like a... Uh, Lent is this period where you have to give up stuff and and uh, it's this traditional thing that you do. No, 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 no. Listen, it's not about giving up. It's about grabbing hold. Someone say grabbing hold. Yeah. yeah, we're not giving up. We're grabbing hold. We're saying, God, I want you more and more and more in my life. I want you to be more... more uh, evident in my consciousness i want to think about you i want to walk with the joy that you bring and so we're saying what we're that's what lent is and so we're, we're saying we're saying no to the good so we could say yes to god isn't that a good idea yeah. okay now here's the problem here's the problem here's the problem. the problem is is that you cannot receive something new if you're already full does that make sense if you're already full, right? So, like, let's say, for instance, you're full. Like, you're full, full, full. Like, full like you were full five minutes ago, but now you're real, real full because you kept on eating. Like, that kind of full, right? And so, they, somebody, if you're that full and somebody says, and like, you know, you take one more bite and you know you're going to throw up. That kind of full, right? And someone takes, like, apple pie and puts it right in front of you. Well, that's not tempting anymore. You'd say things like, I can't have another bite. Well, beloved, that's the problem. The problem is, is that we get filled with these things of the world. Things that aren't even important, but things that take up our priorities, things that take up our time. And God is trying to speak to us and you sit there and you say, but I, I don't feel God's presence. I don't, because you're too full. You're too full. You're, God can't speak to you. You're right. It's not that God has stopped speaking; it's that you stopped receiving because you're too busy, you're too full. So what we're saying is that in this series, what God tries to speak to you, and it's like, "No, I'm good," but God is speaking all the time. And so, so you, we walk to church and we say, "You know what? I just feel empty inside." I feel, well, yeah, you know why? Because you're full. But you say, "I feel empty." I know. Because you're so busy with stuff that doesn't matter, that you have no time for God. So what we're saying is from now till Easter, we're going to make time for God. We're going to remove stuff from our lives so that God can fill us. And that when God fills us, the joy of the Lord is ours. And he fills us not to the top, but he fills us to overflowing and our lives are Overflowing with his joy and his love. And no matter how much you can take, there's more that he wants to give. So what we're saying is for the next few weeks, for the next few weeks, we're going to say, I'm going to remove something from my life, something that's might be good, but it's not God. Now we had a few people say, cause last week we started this series and we said we're going to start and let, what are you going to, what are you going to say no to so you can grab a hold of God? And so we had uh, people say, I'm giving up, heaven forbid, chocolate. Oh my, that was big. For some people, that was a big deal. We had others who said, I'm going to give up soda. Others said, I'm going to give up cigarettes. That every time I want to reach for a chocolate, what I'm going to do is I'm going to reach for Christ. That every time I want to light a cigarette, I'm going to light a fire of prayer. That every time I pursue something other than God, that, that one thing, I'm going to... So the time that it takes me to grab the cigarette, Grab the lighter, go outside, light the cigarette, smoke the cigarette, come upstairs, perfume myself, right? <laughs> the time that it takes me to do all of that stuff, the time that it takes me to do all of that stuff, I'm gonna spend on my knees in prayer going, God, light my world up in you. I wanna, I wanna be on fire for you. So it's not like we're saying no, cause remember, we're not letting go, we're grabbing hold. Right, so that's what we said last week, and that's what we—that was kind of the big deal for last week. So um, we had a bunch of them, right? We had some—we had some guys say, you know what? There's an attitude in my life that's hurting my wife, and therefore affecting our our family. And so I'm just gonna—I'm—I'm gonna say no to these emotions, no to acting out on these thoughts. Right? That was awesome. Because and then when the anxieties come in, he can run to Christ. Remember, we're not saying no, we're saying yes. So, when you don't pick up the chocolate, the time that it takes you to go to the store, buy the chocolate, unwrap the chocolate, eat the chocolate, get the milk, put the ice cubes in it, drink it, the time that it takes you to do all that, you're gonna be on your knees in prayer. You see what I'm saying? It's a, it's a switch. Because you, you, you want to be filled with knowing who God is and His presence and just, right? Because we, we, you know, what we're saying is, God, we know you're here. Become anyway, right? We know that you're present, but we want to experience your presence in a real, real way. That was last week, if you want to know more, but that's where this... So every week, if you want to know more, we have a podcast that you can um, go on. We have a website that you can go on. Louisa said that she'll help anybody um, download... Uh, The, the podcast into your phone if you have a smartphone so you can get it automatically. It's really easy. So if you weren't here for last week, you can listen to that sermon and, and you can go back to it. But every week from now till Lent, we're going to be looking at something we can kill, something we can address, something we can pursue God rather than pursuing that. So this is the week where we start our first thing. Now last week we had, again, we had somebody who said, I'm giving up soda. I'm giving up chocolate. I'm giving up cigarettes. I'm giving up this kind of thinking. I'm giving up... And and in lieu of thinking of those things, I'm going to pray and read God's word and focus on Christ. Well, we had a a woman who came up to me. She said, You know what, Pastor? Very good sermon. I think I know what I'm going to give up. I said, Really? What is it? She goes, I think I'm going to give up cooking and cleaning. (laughs) I was like, Wow. I said, That's very interesting. I said... Be careful, because your husband might give up provision and shelter. All right? So, slow the roll. Okay? It's not where we were going. Okay? But, uh, but what's the thing that you're giving up? I don't know. Because you're not giving up something. You're grabbing hold of someone. That's what this entire series is about. Everything that we talk about is not so much giving up, it's grabbing hold. Make sense? So now, if some of you said that you were going to give up chocolate and you found yourself going back to it, no problem. It's a new day. Just go, you know what? What I try to do is I just try to let go. Letting go never works. I need to grab hold. That works. And when, especially when I'm grabbing hold of Christ. Today, we're going to talk about the absolute number one killer of your soul. The number one heavyweight contender for your peace. The thing that Jesus talked more about than heaven and hell put together. He said, this is the stuff that is going to threaten your relationship with Christ. Not because he's going to go, not because he's going to, but because you are going to be distracted with this thing. And this is one that's so difficult to see in ourselves. We don't see this issue in our own souls. This issue we can see easily in other people. This issue that we're going to talk about, we see very readily in the people that we love. But it's so hard to see it in the mirror. Today, we're going to talk about greed. Now, some of you were like, mm, "The rest of this congregation needs to hear this." <laughs> I understand. Because you know why? You're not greedy. But let me tell you the truth. You're the greediest person in this room. You are. And you go, no, 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 I'm not, especially those of you who are arguing against me. And in your mind with that? Because you think of the 70 cents that you bought, like the, you know, the, the dollar or whatever, where you, oh no, just yet, last week I, I bought a, a bagel with uh, butter and I gave it to a homeless person. And you think that that makes you not greedy. Because you do just enough to alleviate your conscience but not nearly enough to break you from the grip of greed. So this is, let me tell you something, Jesus talked about, if I talked about this, if I talked about this as much as Jesus talked about this, every fourth sermon would be about this issue. That's how much Jesus talked about it. Talked about it 25% of the time. What we're going to read right now is Jesus' teaching on the very subject. And we're going to see the principle throughout the scriptures. So I want you to lean in, listen intently. God wants to break the grip of greed on your heart. Listen to me. It's not about whether or not you're greedy. The question is, will you allow God to break the grip of greed in your life? My prayer is that you will be. As we look at the scripture that Jesus, um, we're going to be looking at the words of Jesus. Now, it's important to point this out. Every part of God's word is God's word, from like Leviticus, to, you know, from Genesis to Revelations. And so when I say that this is Jesus, I'm just simply saying that Jesus is speaking to us. He's speaking to his disciples, and he's speaking to us with his very words, and it's just meaningful. So I want you to really Zero. And one of the things that we do in order to differentiate every other word that's spoken in this talk is that we stand at the reading of God's word because it's so holy and so awesome. So once you stand, we're going to stand together and we're going to read God's word together and we're going to do it in full voice, nice and loud. Guys, read it like people who want to break the bondage of greed, who no longer want greed, but desperately want God. Would you read it like those kind of people? Alright, count of three. One, two, three. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is there your heart will be also. Pause. Let that sink in. Wow. Let's read the rest. One, two, three. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Everybody say with a loud voice. This is God's Word. Please have a seat. Anybody feeling uncomfortable right now? Yeah, maybe a little bit. I thought we were going to deal with greed. We are. We are. We're going to run through this text and we're going to see how God speaks to us about our stuff because he knows. He knows that if stuff has you, he won't. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. God is saying that there is a, tre- there's two types of treasure. The kind of treasure that you store up here on earth. The kind of treasure that you see, you smell, you taste, you touch. The kind of treasure that makes you feel secure if you have a lot, a lot of and you feel insecure if you don't, have a lot of there's a kind of treasure and for different people it's different things. For some of you, if your bank account is empty, and that that's no that's no big shakes to you. If but your car. You gotta have your car. Because that's your treasure. For others of you, you're not too you know it's not a big deal about the bank account or the car, but your clothes. That's that's a big deal. You see, God is saying there's all sorts of treasures and all the treasures that you'll find in the world will fall into two categories. The first category of treasure that will fall into will be the kind of treasure where moths, vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. The kind of treasure that is not built to last. The kind of treasure that will go The kind of treasure that will be meaningless. The kind of treasure that you and I buy, say a car, and we buy it for top dollar. We're going to get a fantastic car. We're going to get a $90,000 car. Ten years from now, it's in a junkyard uh, being given out as parts. The moment that you drive it off the lot, it loses something like 20 or 25% of its value. Listen to me. There's a kind of treasure that we hold dear to our hearts. And God says, it's nothing. It's vapor. It's food for moths. It's plunder for thieves. It's not worth the paper it's written on. But store up. But, however... On the other hand, in lieu of store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. There's the two categories. There is an eternal heavenly treasure, uh, a treasure trove that you can fill that will never see decay, and then there's a t- earthly treasure trove. I have, this, um, I have this weird personality, as you've already discovered. You. Thank you. <laughs> I have this personality where I have to, continue to continually remind myself that I'm going to die. Because it's very easy for me to go through life without ever thinking that I'm going to die and waste the days away. There was a period in my life where I had a death clock on my screen. And so it literally said, okay, you know, it take, took your information and then it literally said, okay, you have two, you know, 43 years to live. You have 42 years to live. But I just wanted, I wanted always to look at the second clock because it was always counting down. And I always wanted to remind myself. Well, one of the ways that I remind myself now is that I go to estate sales. Not only can you get really inexpensive stuff, I got I got a, a $2,500 desk for $25. It was an Ethan Allen, gorgeous wood, $2,500 desk, the kind that has the big long back and that you write, you know, beautiful letters in, that kind of, right? It's 25, I got it for 25 bucks. Now, do you know? Now some of you are just writing that down. Oh man, I'm going to do, that was worth coming to church! Right there! I ain't even listening to what you are of Estate sales. Look that up on Google. No, that's not the point. Come back to me. Shake it off. Write it down and then shake it off. The point that I'm trying to make is that the person who bought that didn't buy that for $25. The person who bought that didn't buy it for $2,500. You know how much they bought it for? The time that it took them to earn $2,500. $100. So if it takes me a month to make $2500, they didn't pay for it with $2500, they paid for it with a month of their life. I bought it for $25. It took me a couple of hours. Listen to me. Jesus is saying all the things that you consider a treasure is somebody else's garage sale. Everything that you hold dear. Your car. Man, don't I look cool. Your clothes. Aren't I fashionable? Your shoes. Man, those are fantastic. He says, they'll one day, be on a sale, and be close to nothing. And you won't even be around to see it. It will be food for moths. Vermin will destroy. And plunder for thieves. That is the category of stuff that some people live their whole lives accumulating only to find out in the last five minutes of their life that it was for nothing. I don't want that. I want better for you. Arha, listen to me. I'm your pastor. I love you. I want better for you. Don't you give yourself to food for moths. Don't you waste your one and only life for earthly treasure. For, this is the reason, whenever you see the word for, know that it's going to be giving the explanation of why it just told you what it just told you in the last few verses. For the reason is, the reason I'm telling you is why, this is why I'm telling you what I'm telling you. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And you know what, you don't even have to be a Christian to believe this. And by the way, if you're in here and you're new, I'm so grateful that you guys are here. If this is your first time here, wow, we make this service for you first time visitors. Those of you who are like kicking the Christian tires, we make this service so that you could feel comfortable. We put the words on the screen because we know when I first came to church, I didn't bring a Bible, didn't even own a Bible. So we put the words on the screen. We have the greeters there to make you feel comfortable. We have food after this. All to make you feel comfortable. But if you're here for the first time, I'm so glad you're here. But if you don't know Christ, you don't need to be Christian to know that this sentence is true. Where your treasure is, that's where your affections go. That's where your heart is. Men, look up at me. Men, isn't it true? Meet a girl for our first few weeks. What are you doing? What is going out of your life faster than anything else? Anybody know? Money. money. Yeah, all the guys got that one right. Yeah, they didn't need multiple choice. Yeah, they're like money. That's right. I'm buying her clothes. I'm buying, am I, if I'm lying, I'm dying. Tell me, tell me the guys that, nah, this is not true. Yeah, you know it's true. You know, you going like in debt. In fact, three years later, your wife is going to get used to that, like she'll become your wife and she'll get, have gotten used to that kind of spending and you'll get upset. Um, you'll get upset at her getting used to that and you're the one who got her used to it. But that's what it is, right? I mean, we'll go, we will go into partnership with MasterCard to endure that. Why? You know why? Here's why. Because where your heart is, that's where your treasure is. Wherever your money goes. That's why we always say in this church, Pastor Ray says it, Pastor Gus says it, Pastor Pedro says it, says if you want to see what you really love, show me your checkbook. That'll tell you. That will tell you. And God says, I don't want your category of stuff that you've accumulated to be on the earthly side that doesn't last. I want it to be on the heavenly side that lasts forever. The eye is the lamp of the body. You feel like he's taking another turn somewhere. What? Why are you talking about eyes? I thought we were talking about greed. I thought we were talking about treasure what's this weird left turn? Listen, Jesus is a genius. Listen to what he's saying. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? You see, the fact is, is that you and I, what happens? When we see something we like, what do we do? Guys, anybody know? get yourself in trouble sometimes, right? But your eyes go with what your heart finds valuable. I do this with cars all the time. I could be driving and see a really cool car, travel, uh, you, know, uh, you, know, contra- you know, on the other way, and I just go, I go, what a cool car. I'll tell my kids, what a cool car. And I just, like my heart, and it's like, keep your eyes on the road. I said, why? Because your eyes go with what you find valuable. And so listen to what Jesus is saying. If your eyes go bad, if all of your eyes are fixed on earthly treasure, if all of your focus is fixed on that which is food for moths and plunder for thieves, then all your life, all your life, all your life, it's just gone dark. You've missed it everything you haven't missed the main thing you've missed everything the things that make your eyes turn Jesus is going what is it anybody know why why after 3 p.m. in the afternoon do they have 100 like a million different commercials for food fast food restaurants why? Because they're trying to grab a hold of your eyes. They're trying to grab a hold of your eyes. Now you and I both know that um, Domino's pizza tastes like cardboard with sauce on it. But I tell you, with looking at that commercial, you'd be like, "Oh man, gotta have me some Domino's." We're having pizza tonight. We're having cardboard and sauce is what <laughs> we're having. Why? This is the, this is the goal of every bit of advertising. Think about this. It's the goal of all advertising. Is to get your eyes to want something that you don't need. That's all of advertising. You don't need it. It's not necessary. Think about this. There's a whole industry. I'm not even gonna ask y'all to raise your hands. But some of y'all drank the Kool-Aid and you bought a tablet. I was like, wait, doesn't your phone do that? Uh Uh-huh. Doesn't your computer do that? Uh Uh-huh. Why'd you get a tablet? Oh, no, it's cool. I was like, why would you do that? Listen, listen, here's why, here's why. Grab the hold of your eyes. They got a hold of your eyes. And where your eyes go, that's where your finances go. That's where your desire goes. That's where your passions go. That's where everything... And remember, you don't pay. You don't pay in money. You're paying time. You're paying time. The eye is the lamp of the body. So here's an idea. Let's put our eyes, let's start savoring, let's start longing for the things that God loves and longs for and savors. Because that category of things, beloved, will never rust. I love, I love hearing kids talk, grown men who are like, yeah, you know, um, my grandfather gave his heart to Christ and in turn led my dad. And I grew up in a Christian home and oh, he invested. That guy is dead. He invested, and, then, and there's a fourth generation from that, right? So his grandfather and his kids are being blessed because of what that grandfather invested in. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. oh my. Oh, yeah. That's what I want for you. That's what I want for you. Let's keep on going. You, now you say, but pastor, I wanna, I want to. How do I how do I invest in heavenly things and not in earthly things? It's coming. Just be patient. We're gonna talk about practically living this out, but I want you to stay with me because I need you to hear the text. Verse 24. This is where Jesus gets serious. If you miss the point, you ain't gonna miss it now. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God... Oh gosh, what's those next two words? And money. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, I understand right now as you're sitting there, there's a mental judo going on in your mind. Right? You're going, all you pastors talk about is money. Right, And it's like you're defending yourself and you're protecting your mind. And it's like, I will not. Listen, I'm very generous. Yeah, I know. Listen to the words of Jesus. You cannot serve both God and money. Why would Jesus say that? Because he's telling you something that's obvious to all of us. You don't believe me? Think about this. Say, for instance... You get the car of your dreams, the one that you've really been longing for, the Audi, right? The eight, nice car, right? Oh, and some of the guys are like, yeah, that's right. And some of the women are like, what? Yeah. So you go, and let's call it a $90,000 car. Your note for the car is about $600. You figure with the insurance and the things that you have to pay for, you're paying about $800, $900 a month for that car, at least. Now... You have the car, and I come up to you. I'm your pastor who loves you. I'm the pastor who's been called by God to serve you and shepherd you. I come up to you, and I say, man, you know, we know each other for a while. And I say, brother, sister, we have this new discipleship group coming up. It's going to be awesome. And you remember the conversation that we had last month? That Yeah, I I, I thought that you would be perfect. It's like this class was made especially for you and for your walk. And the level that you're at of maturity will just skyrocket if you take the class. You go, absolutely, I want to take it. When's the class? And we go, oh, it's on this date at this time. You go, oh, wait, 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 I can't. I go, Why? Because, because um, my boss asked me to do overtime. I was like, "Well, wait, wait, wait. Just tell your boss you can't do overtime. It's not like mandatory. It's just tell him you can't do overtime, right?" And, and you say, "Now you don't say this to me." But you and I both know. But you don't understand, Pastor Edwin. If I don't do the overtime, I can't pay for the Audi, and the Audi is my maestro. It's my master. I bow to the Audi. So while I, I, I have these two masters, the Audi and Jesus, I'm gonna disobey Jesus to obey the Audi. Cause I want my car. Or you live a lifestyle that is beyond your means cause you're trying to keep up appearances. And we say, be generous! Give your finances. Be blessed so that you, so that we are blessed to be a blessing. It is wonderful to give. Be generous. And you're like, man, I can't do that. I'm still paying off my American Express card. I'm still paying off my MasterCard. I can't do that. I, you don't understand, Pastor. I got bills. I know. I know. Here's what I know. You can't serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other. Those are the people who leave this service and say, see, Christians, those pastors, that's all they do is talk about money. You know what you wind up doing? You hate one and you love the other. Or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. Because you can't serve them both. You can't serve God and money. Here's what God knows. God knows that the number one heavyweight contender for your affections will be your stuff, and in our world, it's money. Now, there's, there's a principle that God has given us to break the grip of greed on our souls. Because God knew that you and I would be wrestling with this, would be struggling and fighting with this issue for all of our lives, God has given us a habitual act to help us. He called it the tithe. Now, the tithe is a biblical principle that means 10%. So, you make ten potatoes, one potato goes to God, you keep nine potatoes. Every time you do that, you're loosening, you're fighting, you're warring against the grip of greed in your life. Now, I see your minds, and some of you are saying, oh, but I heard that the tithes law, and we live in the, we live in grace so I do not have to obey that aspect of the law. First of all, I would say, the tithe came before the law. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, Abraham tithe to Melchizedek. Long before there was ever a law to do so. It's a principle, not a law. It's a principle. And, if you say, well then, we don't deal with principles. I bet you don't want your spouse to believe that, Think about this. You want to talk about Old Testament law? And again, we're talking about this is a principle of the Bible from soup to nuts. Jesus talks about giving. The Bible uh, everywhere talks about giving. This is affirmed and confirmed over and over and over again. The principle of generosity and to premeditate that generosity. And so think about this. If we just, let's say we just, I don't believe this is true, but let's, let's take the argument, oh, it's law. What other part of the law do you think we should ignore? What if I told your wife that we need to ignore, uh, do not commit adultery, because that's a part of the law? How do you feel about that? What if I told your husband, do not commit adultery, that's just the law, you don't have to worry about that. That's not something you need to concern yourself with. All of a sudden, the law comes up as a shining diamond. And we're like, yeah, man, we want to live that out. Right, right, Why? Because God doesn't give us stuff to throw away. God gives us, now watch this. Now, we are not like Old Testament believers in this. That we we obey the law from God's favor. In other words, God loves us. And then gives us the ability to obey the law. And so it's a from thing, not for thing. You see, there's something in every one of us that when we start picking at, oh man, talk about that, you know, we don't mind talking about stuff that other people struggle with. But didn't I tell you in the beginning, you're the greediest person in this room? Isn't it true you're fighting with me this whole time? You just... There's such an emotion on this. Oh my. Jesus says you can't serve two masters. You cannot serve both God and money. So here's what God says. What I want you to do is I want you to practice this concept of generosity to break the grip of greed in your life. He goes, I want you to tithe so that every time you get, now some of you get paid differently. I get paid once a month. Some of you get paid twice a month. Some of you get paid every week. I don't care. But every time finances come into your hand, you take the first fruits. Again, principle. You take the first fruits and you give it to the Lord's work. Now, say for instance, I'm a gardener. And... I'm, I go to your house and you say, hey, Edwin, I want you to, um, I want you to, uh, do our garden. And I go, no problem. I'm gonna need, I think to myself, I'm gonna need this amount of money for supplies. I'm gonna have to hire this much labor, so I'm gonna have to spend money there. And then at the end of it, ten $100 bills, that's a thousand dollars, goes on my hand. Out of that thousand dollars, here we go class, good question. How much is the tithe? Hundred. Now let me ask you a better question. Which of those hundred dollar bills is the tithe? It's the first one. It's the first, it's not the, it's not, well, I'm gonna pay the, the, I'm gonna pay the mortgage. I'm gonna, beloved, listen to me. God says you'll be blessed. You'll be blessed. You're talking, listen, you're talking to a person who has experience with this. You'll be blessed when you break the bondage of greed, break the chokehold of greed on your heart. You'll be blessed. It's the first one. Not the mortgage, not the groceries, not the bills, not the stuff, not the... Listen to me. It's the first one. You know why? Because God wants to be first in your life. The point is, is that nothing takes precedence over God in your life. That God is the one with the authority. God is the one who's foremost. What we're saying, remember what we said at the very beginning of the series? If you want to make room for God to pour in, you got to stop some stuff. We have to let go to grab hold of the only one who has the power to bless us. So one of the ways that God breaks this bondage is through the tithe. Now, I want to illustrate this. Now, the tithe, do we, are we clear? The tithe is 10% first 10%. 10% first 10%. That goes to the things of God. That goes to the, in our case, the church. Now, I want to illustrate this. So I'm going to use you three handsome men right here. Guys, would you come up please? Welcome to Recovery House of Worship. Yay! Come on up. Come on up. Good to see you. All righty. Excellent. Now, I want, right I want you to stand right there. I want you to stand right there. I want you to stand right there. Now, we're going to call we're going to call him brother number 1. We're going to call him Brother number two. We're going to call him brother number, anybody know? Three. No, six. I changed it. No, I'm kidding. It'll be three. Okay, so brother number three. Right. Now watch this. Guys, I have a very important task for you. I'm going away on a trip. I'm going to be away for a really long time. I am going to come back, but I need you to look out for my wife. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give each one of you $10,000 every month. Out of that $10,000, what I need you to do is I need you to give my wife 1000 of those dollars. I need you to take care of her because I'm going to be on the other side of the world and, you know, finances don't work like that and I'm not going to be able to wire it over. So I'm going to trust you three to take care of my wife. She's my, the apple of my eye. I need you to do it. Will you do that for me? Okay, great. So now, What happens? They've taken on the responsibility. They said, this is a good thing. I'm going to do exactly what Edwin asked me to do. And so I go away. What do I do? And three months later, I call my wife. And I said, baby, how you doing, man? I miss you. You know, are the brothers? How are they taking care of you? She goes, well, brother number one, he is on point. First, of every month, thousand dollar comes in like clockwork. Sometimes it comes in a little bit early, but guaranteed by the first of the month, it is there every time. Let me ask you something. How do I feel about brother number one? Oh, it's my wife! He's taking care of my wife! In my absence, he's providing for my wife! This is not a, it's not an academic thing. It's an emotional thing. She's my wife. And he's taking care of her. How do I feel about brother number one? Pretty good, right? Brother number two. I say, brother number two, how's brother number two doing? She goes, you know, brother number two is like crazy. He sends me $2,500 every first of the month. And he hasn't stopped since you left. I said, why did he do that? I only asked him to give 10%. I didn't ask him to give 25 Why was he doing that? She goes, I don't know, but he's taking care. How do I feel about brother number two? Oh, man. Tears well up in my eyes, weren't you, right? She's my wife! I want her to be taken care of. I have an affection for brother number two that is hard for me to describe at that point. Brother number three. How's brother number three? Well, let's talk about brother number three. (laughs) Brother number three gave me $800 on the 15th of the first month. $600 came almost a clear month later and I still haven't received the third month. Let me ask you a question. How do I feel about brother number three? Listen to me. Listen to me. She's my wife. And he's not. I'm not even asking him to give his money. I'm asking him to give the money that I have provided for him. I'm not even asking him to give all of it. I'm asking him to give a minuscule amount. What do you think I'm going to do with brother number three? I'm cutting him off, aren't I? I'm not giving him any You know why? I can't give him any money. He can't be trusted. He can't be trusted. What am I going to do? You know what I'm going to do with that $10,000? I'm going to give brother number two $7,000. I'm going to give brother number one $3,000 because he who can be trusted with a little will be given more. And he who cannot, what he has will be taken from him. She's my wife. And I've given them the charge of caring for my wife. And if you can't be trusted with the finances that I give, then I won't give those finances. Give a hand for these guys. You guys did great. Thank you very much. Way to go. Way to go. Thanks. Come back here. Listen, listen, listen to me. Jesus said, I'm coming again. And there's a bride that I want you to take care of. And I'm not going to ask you to give all or any of your money. I'm going to ask you to bring what I've asked you to bring. A tenth. And you you and I think it's academic. We go, well, we'll put in $20 this week. We'll put in $10 next week. We'll put in $100 if we feel really good. And Jesus is going, "She's my bride!" She's my wife! If anyone in this world is going to be hugged by the arms of Christ, it's going to be through His church. Fed with the food that Christ gives, it's going to be through His church. Sheltered with the shelter that Christ gives, it's going to be through His church. And you go, man, all those pastors want is my money. If that's what you think, I beg you, because I want this so bad. I want you to be blessed so bad, I go find somewhere else to give. Don't give here. If you think I'm after your money, give somewhere else. You think that? You think, oh, because I need a Cadillac? Tell you what, take your money. Give it somewhere else. But if there's something inside of you that says that I'm not going to do that, then you just discovered the greediest person in the room. And I wouldn't be surprised if the well runs runs dry for you. The church is His bride. And we're called by God not to store up treasures on earth which rust, but to store treasures in heaven. But you go, I make my own money. I don't want to give to the church. You know, I make my own money. I don't, listen to me. It's not your money. God gives it to you. He gives it to you. Don't. Don't be that way with God's money. It would. Think about this. Isn't that even something you have to pray for? You don't even have to pray about this. You just simply have to obey God's word. There's some things you need to pray. Like, I don't need, I don't ever, ever, ever need to pray. God, should I cheat on my wife? Or should I not cheat on my wife? Give me a sign! Like, you don't have to do it, right? There's some things you just don't have to pray about, right? We agree? Right? There's some things that I just don't have to pray about. Some things that you just have to obey God's word. God is saying, listen to me. God is saying, you don't have to pray about this. This is... And here's my challenge to you. From now till Easter, give a tithe. Give a tithe. God says, test me on this. Give a tithe. From now till Easter. If you believe that this is, listen, short period of time, give a tithe. Not the last one. The first fruits. A tenth. It's not even giving. It's really It's not giving it all. It's returning. That's the language that we use. We return because it's God's anyway. Let me illustrate this for a second. Say, for instance, say, for instance, I'm hanging out with Richie. Richie says, um, Edwin, I know you're going to go on uh, a trip to preach in uh, California. Um, I, my car is in the shop. So why don't we do this? Why don't we, can you please lend me your car, I'll drive you to the airport, drop you off, when you land a week from now, I'll pick you up at the airport, but let me use your car while my car is in the shop, and I'll drive around in that, and so it'll be win-win for everybody. right? So I go, you know what, that's a great, I love Richie, absolutely, let's do it. And so Richie drives me to the airport, drops me off, I go, okay, I'll see you next week. Then, next week, I I arrive back from my flight. I get back in the car. Um, I see Richie, and he has tears in his eyes. And it's my car. And he says this. He goes, Pastor, (sighs) me and my wife have been praying, and (sighs) we want to give you the keys to this car. You can have it. It's yours. I would take the keys. I'd go, dude, did you relapse? i go, it was my car. You ain't giving me nothing. That's my car. I left it to you. That's how silly some of us sound. We go to God and we go like this. I'm going to break the grip of greed. Ten percent. God, like, you're kidding, right? And we can laugh about it. But here's what I want for you. I don't want anything from you. I want something for you. And so you know, I worked at this church before this church. This church loves me and my family they desperately wanted to provide but there just wasn't enough finances so I lived for a few and and there was tears in everyone's eyes Man, they didn't want me to be homeless but I was called by God not because of money but because I was called by God to be here I give and because I see the tithes I know that I give significantly more than anybody else in this church so I don't go oh well I work here so that's my tithe I give The pastors here are sacrificial in their giving. It's beautiful. Give. Break the yoke of bondage to greed. So the musicians are going to come up. Here's my charge to you. You ready? (laughs) We're actually... It's funny because we didn't take our offering earlier, so we're going to take our offering now. Wow. A little pressure, right? A <laughs> little pressure. Yeah. Let's see. That was a great sermon. I think i got to go now. Thank God the lights came down. Now's our time to scamper out. So we're going to have an opportunity to... We're going to, we're going to have an opportunity. Listen, 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 listen. I want your attention. I want your attention. I know you're... Listen. Listen. I don't want... Here's what's going to happen. Here's what's going to happen. You're going to be emotionally charged and we're going to have a big offering today, like bigger than we had last week probably, right? Because you just heard a whole sermon on it and, you know, I mean, I don't... I. Good night. I've been here for 13 years. If you think I'm a swindler, man, (laughs) there are better ways to make money, I can tell you for sure. And so... And so I have a reputation here. You know I love you. You know I don't want anything from you. You know what I want is for you. I preach this message with as passion as I do because I want you to be blessed. I want you to be blessed. And if you don't give, God will do His work. And if you do give, God will do His work only you'll get the joy. So, so listen to me in my last charge. I don't want a high offering for a week. What I want you to do is see that God is faithful. I want you to say, listen, we're not giving up anything. We're grabbing a hold of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. So, what I want you to do is from now till Easter. Give yourself that time frame. From now till Easter. See. Test God on this. Say, every first fruit. Not the last dollar. Not what's left over after the bills are paid. The first Fruits. I want you to do it every pay period. If you get paid once a week, if you get paid every other week. If you get paid once a month, like me, I don't care. But let the first check be written. Just go. God, you are first. Greed will not have a grip on my heart. I want to. I want to be generous. I want to be generous. I want to be full of generosity, not full of greed. And so the very first... Now, let me tell you why I find this so emotional. Because there was one who was wealthier than anybody anywhere. Who came from his kingdom, made himself poor. And live the life that you should have lived, but you did not. And died the death that you deserve to die, but you don't have to. And he didn't tithe his blood, he gave it all. He gave it all. So we are not doing anything. We are returning rightfully what is God's. And we are not doing it in our own strength. But the one who gave all of himself will strengthen you as you give part of your stuff. And he'll strengthen you so that you might be able to do it with joy. One of the things that we have is we have envelope systems. And the envelope system is not so much for us, that is, it's not so much for the administration team. It's for you. We send out letters about once a year. Now we're going to move it up to about four times a year so that you could see, oh look, I'm giving, and the letter is, thank you so much for your generosity. You've given 32 cents and it's, we're going to do it with great gratitude and great joy and we're going to send the letter out. But you're going to get to see the letter and you're going to be able to say, oh wow, I could do better. Or, the letter's going to come in and say, thank you for giving this quarter, you've given 4,000 dollars. And some of you, that might not even be anything. you will be like, man, I could do better than that. Some of you, man, it's sacrificial. You deal with God. So here's what I want us to do. Before we give, what I want us to do is to pray. Make sense? Right? Because we want to do it as an act of worship. Not as an emotional response to a talk, but as an act of worship. So the first thing we're going to do is if you don't know Christ, you have the opportunity to go, Wow, God, you were rich and made yourself poor for me. I want to confess my sin to you and receive you into my life. But for those of you who know Christ, what I want you to do is I want you to go to Christ and I want you to say, Here's the truth about me. I'm the greediest person in the room. I'm the greediest person I know and I've got all sorts of arguments and defenses in my soul so that I could keep what I have, to keep what you've given me. I don't want to live like that anymore. So God, forgive me for my sin of greed and help me in this patch of time to develop a habit, to start a tradition in my own soul to give you the first fruits. I'm going to pray for you. They're going to sing. Gus is going to come up and take the offering, but I want to pray for you. You stay in prayer. Father, I thank you for my friends. I thank you, Lord, that you love them and that you gave your life for them and that you did not tithe your blood, but gave it all. Jesus paid it all to him, I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain and he washed us white as snow. So Father, would you just remove the attacks of Satan? Would you remove the ideas that Satan has placed in our minds and in our culture? And would you help us, O oh God? Help us by your power, by the power of the Holy Spirit, to make us a generous people that you might be glorified and we might get joy. For we pray in Jesus' name, name. Amen.